It's not a fun sport to train for sometimes, and it's not very easy to convey that to people because they see the boats, yeah, you're out on the water, oh, it's fun. But like you're doing anaerobic threshold work, you're just feeling horrible. And the last thing you'd want to do is to continue that, but like through your like mentals throughout the rest of the day, I feel like. So having that, like, it's just another added benefit of just kind of like, I will focus on something else until the next training session. Welcome to the other three years, a show for anyone who has an Olympic-sized dream they want to turn into a reality. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of the Other Three Years podcast. This week is part two of my interview with fellow USA national team member Justin Best. If you missed part one last week, be sure to go listen to it because it was a really good episode. And I think it'll probably make this week's episode make a little bit more sense. So be sure to listen to that one, but then come back and listen to this one too. So this week, Justin and I talk about the importance of building a career outside of rowing and how even working on that career during training has been really helpful for him. And, and I really agreed with him and how having a career outside of sport is helpful also so as not to overthink things in rowing and be able to focus, you know, on your work when you're at work and on rowing when you're at rowing. And Justin and I also talked about what he's looking forward to next in his own athletic career and how he plans to show up at his best for the upcoming Olympics. So part one was really good, but part two is even better. So I, I really hope everyone enjoys this conversation with Justin. But before we get into that, here is an update on what's currently going on in my training. So it's Monday after the head of the Charles, which is always a little bit of a tired day because uh, the head of the Charles is a marathon event. I had, I'd say like an okay performance at the head of the Charles. I came in fifth in the single and then our Scholars 8 came in sixth in the eight in the champ eight on Sunday. My friend Michelle won the single, which was so exciting. And I'm so happy for her. And she crushed it. She went out really hard and set a really, really fast pace and kept it up, which is like what you have to do. And um, I'm really happy for her. She works, you know, super hard, as does everyone. Everyone works really hard. But, you know, I know Michelle really well. I've spent a lot of time with her this year. And I really feel like whoever was going to win was going to deserve the win. And and I think that's really true. So I'm, I'm very happy for her. I kind of felt like fine with my own performance. I don't think I had a bad race. I think that I, especially how I've been feeling like the past couple of weeks in the single, I was actually pretty pleased with it. And I think I've done probably the best job of my rowing career so far, having a relaxed fall and actually taking time off and actually giving my body and maybe more so my mind a chance to rest. I feel like I had a really kind of emotional and hard spring and summer and put a lot into rowing, obviously, which I had to do. And so I think coming into the fall and coming into time off, like it, I had to just take some time and not care about things as much and, you know, live my life as you may say. It's never fun to lose because I'm a really competitive person and I wanted to finish higher and I wanted to do better. But I think that knowing the work that I've put in and the work that I can continue to put in, 
I feel good about where I can go from here. And, you know, it's also, I think, sort of good because it's always like a little bit of fire in the belly when, when you don't do as well as you could have done. And I think that fire, like that's really the last race I'll do for this fall. Um, I'll race at the head of the fish this upcoming weekend, which I am running, but that's a little bit different of a race than something like the head of the Charles. So I'm about to do quite a bit of training and I think that I just have a really clear understanding of like what I want to accomplish and the the speed that I personally would like to go, you know, in the single on the erg, like the things that I can control right now. And I think that I just want to have a lot of fun making myself into, you know, the best version that I can be athletically and, you know, hopefully personally. And it's crazy. Like it was really fun racing on Saturday and Sunday and the Scholars 8, we had a really rough start. I think we got it together. I was pretty upset right after, which I felt bad about. It's, I think it was a long weekend and I was a little tired. And But I think that it was a fun weekend, but I like also didn't see a lot of people I wanted to see. So I sort of decided next year, I think just the Alumni 8 and then I can see my friends because the, the Head of the Charles is so fun and the single is fun, but it's like, I don't know. It's really hard. And when you don't row on the Charles all the time, you don't row in the single all the time. It is really hard. I give so much, so many kudos to everyone that not just rowing in the champ singles in every singles event. It's, it's a slog. It's like a 20 minute slog. So I'm really impressed with, with everyone and all of my competitors and all my friends. And I'm so grateful that everyone, you know, in, in our Scholars 8 did it. I think that it was really kind of brave of us. We didn't practice or anything. And we went out there and, you know, it probably wasn't very pretty. But, you know, we had a lot of fun and we tried really hard. And I think that's all that you can, you know, say and all you can you can have. So I was, I was really proud of us, even though I think maybe some practice would have helped. I was a little anti-practice, but now that we did it, I'm like, I think a little practice would have actually been good. Yeah. So looking forward this week, I'm about to work a whole heck of a lot in rowing, but also just in work work because we are hosting the head of the fish regatta in Saratoga Springs this weekend. And I am our regatta director. So I'm in charge. The head of the fish is so fun, but it is a lot of work. We will race almost 2000 boats over two days. And to put in perspective, the head of the Charles, I think races about 2,400 boats and they have like a whole staff of people. They have their production. I mean, we are not the head of the Charles, but in terms of like the boats racing down the course, we are pretty comparable and we just do it on compared to them, a skeleton crew. I have like the best coworkers, the best volunteer force. And it's really just so awesome to see like our community come together and put on this race that, you know, has been an awesome fixture in like the Northeast rowing community for over 20 years. I feel really lucky to be so closely involved with it because it's really like so many people come, so many people race. We really try to make it as accessible as possible. So many different kinds of events and something for everybody. And, you know, you can race multiple times and it's, it's a shorter race. It's like a little over 3000 meters. So it's, it's pretty repeatable, you know, for people to race a, a few times during the day. And we have, you know, a really iconic trophy in our fish heads. So I'm really excited. It's also fun to see, you know, all the coaches come in and park their trailers and I get to see all the teams. And 
I think it's really fun and it's, it's actually really refreshing to not wear my, you know, national team athlete hat for a little while and just be kind of one of the many in this, you know, regatta and, and get to put other people's rowing careers and other people's race experience at the forefront instead of mine. Um, and it's just so awesome. Like, I think it's so cool that rowing has the community that it has and that I get to be involved in this way. So it's worth long hours that we're going to, we're going to have to pull this week, but of course I will train and then we've got some good workouts coming and it's, it's going to be a good week. It's going to be a long week, but it's going to be a good week. So now that I rambled on for a while, it's time for part two of my interview with Justin Best. So here it is. And I hope you like it. In terms of like training coming into this cycle, obviously you had been living in Oakland where you just like, okay, I'm definitely going to keep living in Oakland, like keep yeah. training there. Yeah. So maybe you can talk about like Oakland a little bit because yeah. um, it's obviously a little different. So moved out to Oakland, California, specifically Alameda is where I, I currently live. Um, it's the island barrier that kind of protects the channel between the city of Oakland the big island Alameda, and then it's just like the San Francisco Bay. And we row kind of between Alameda, the island, and Oakland, the city. Um, it's just a strip of water. I think it's like 18K before you have to get out into the, the actual bay where it gets pretty wavy. So for this morning, for example, we went out in an eight because we have a bunch of guys who are training and um, we did like 25, 26K just for the morning session. But if we need flat water to do like timed pieces on, we can just drive up like 20 minutes and uh, we have access to a reservoir up in Briones. It's a pretty great spot to train because uh, a lot of the times up Northeast, like the ice will just kind of make it impossible to train. Um, I'm sure you know, in Saratoga, it gets a nice thick like <laughs> layer of ice that, you know, you can go ice skating on, which is great, but we're rowers. So um, December, January, we can log lots of meters out here. And I've really enjoyed it. And, and I think a really good setup that, that we have is our coaches kind of stagger our practices so that we have like a early morning practice and then like a 5 p.m., 6 p.m. practice. So throughout the day we can work. So I work for an investment bank over in San Francisco. Um, and so I'll finish up rowing, shower at the boathouse and uh, go into the city, work my, work my job and then take it back and then go right to the boathouse for the afternoon session. It's long days, but I think seeing kind of like the progressive build, um, it's definitely worth it. And I've, I've, you gotta get used to it and gotta get used to the different tricks that you can do to kind of like maximize your time. Cause you, it is very much like a full day between 5.45 in the morning and 8 p.m. at night. It's just, it's you're either rowing or you're working. Do you feel like it's, sustainable like do you feel like you can manage like the training and working regimen i personally find it pretty manageable i think that i couldn't do this for many 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 years if that makes sense it does sometimes mm -hmm. you get home and you're just so exhausted and then you wake up like you feel like you were just exercising but i do think that in terms of longevity of like the athlete having that ability to develop yourself professionally have a little bit of an income so that you're not compromising yourself, you know, years down the line, like working till you're a little bit past 65 because you're giving up so much income between your 20s and your 30s. I think that from that lens, it, it makes a lot of sense. But I, I, it does feel like sometimes something has to give. 
But I think if you periodize what is important and then you also have like, hopefully you can find uh, places of work that are accommodating and sort of understand. You can strike this fine balance that, that can make it sustainable and then also not feel like you're compromising one or the other. Fortunately, I've been able to kind of find that situation in my position. And I know a few of the other guys have kind of similar setups where you have your expectations, but so long as you communicate your training needs, everyone is like, yeah, works. Like, And, and I think I approach work as like, if you get the job done, you don't need to punch in, punch out, if that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. If you have your tasks and you can be diligent and you can get them done, like you don't need a, all right, well, you you have to you have to have be at this office at this desk at 9 a.m. and then you have to leave at 5 p.m. on the like you know having that understanding of like okay what is expected of me I will get that done and I think that's just kind of as rowers like you put out a task in front of us and it we will attack it with what we have and, and kind of like compartmentalize how we best make things efficient so I think that's something that we like are are pretty good at and then. At Drexel, I did, this is kind of another aside, I did a co-op program where six months of the year you work an internship basically, and you do that while you're rowing. So I literally did this exact schedule when I was a sophomore and a junior in college. I actually interned at US Rowing, fun fact, (laughs) um, for six months. I was a membership services intern, was one of my internships. And then another one, I worked at a public utilities company. So the, the practice at like six, 15 to 6.30 and then you go down and you work. Like I'd already done that for two years. And so getting out here is just kind of like, all right, let's see how we can make this even better. You know, work on the efficiencies and and hopefully you can try and get between seven to eight hours of sleep. Like that's the name of the game is like maximizing the sleep in order to, you know, be recovered so you can hit your next session with, with as much intensity as you need to. Yeah. I know for me, obviously work, I work for the reasons that you said, like, the financial, you know, reasons. And then I don't want to be in my mid thirties starting a career, but I also feel like personally, I find it really helpful to have something that is not rowing like in my everyday life. I didn't even mention that, but yes, I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I was going to say like, do you feel like it's kind of helped you to be able to just like leave rowing at rowing and you know, not have to just I, I think, think about so. it all the time. Yeah. And, and what ends up happening is if I'm only doing, uh, we would joke about, um, Gladstone calls it pro row where you're just rowing. He's like, Oh, we're pro row. If you do that, like I find myself just kind of overthinking things yeah. too much because all of a sudden there's nothing to distract you. So and, and rowing can be such a granular sport. Like you're looking for centimeters and, and like, okay, this is how this felt on that piece. And and like, if you don't have that distraction for too long, you kind of just go and you get into a, like almost this negative feedback loop of, am I doing enough? Am I making the changes I need to? Where I feel like a sustainable way of like, just get through the training and then you can focus on like work. And, and I don't think about rowing for a couple of hours a day. I think that's so critical. Um, especially given the nature of our sport, where it's the, the long, repetitive, the droning, the high intensity, it, it, it's 
it's not a fun sport to train for sometimes, which I feel is is understated. And it's not very easy to convey that to people because they see the boats, yeah, you're out on the water, oh, it's fun. But like you're doing anaerobic threshold work and you're just feeling horrible. And the last thing you'd want to do is to continue that, but like through your like mentals throughout the rest of the day, I feel yeah. like. So having that like, it's just another added benefit of just kind of like, I will focus on something else until the next training session. Obviously you're very busy, but you find time to be like a social media content creator as well. So yeah. how did that start? And yeah. yeah. So, 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 all right. I love memes just in general, like love them. Always have, just for whatever reason. But I am on my phone and I go like, <laughs> the, like you know, like the little exasperation yeah, yeah, of the yeah, nose. Yeah, yeah. Like, like you're just scrolling, you see something that's like that. It's so good. It's that immediate hit of <laughs> dopamine, and you have nothing. You have to do no effort. Am I addicted? That's a whole different conversation we could do for another <laughs> podcast. But, but. I thoroughly enjoy them and I always felt like, you know, I have a pretty good finger on the pulse of, of like, you know, this could be funny, this could not be funny. And obviously doing rowing enough, I kind of like pick up all of the nuances and the random like one-off references and like a, if you know, you know type things. And this February, we had our winter speed order trials in, in Sarasota. So I had made a few like kind of just, haha, this is funny, clip together some videos and text memes, but I hadn't made like a true, like other piece of content with a rowing related text where there's like, mm -hmm. I'm not featured in the video or whatever until after racing, we were kind of celebrating and we were at the, uh, the garage right in Sarasota. So it's like the course. And then you drive into the little like, um, circle where all the restaurants are. And I was just like having a good time. And there's a scene from uh, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, is what it's called, okay. where Nicolas Cage and uh, Pedro Pascal are in a car and they're having a great time. Um, and someone had put that to uh, a soundtrack and I'm completely drawing a blank, but it's it's make your own kind of music. And I saw that and, you know, I'm having a good time. And um, I was like, put a little text on it and uh, like fire it away. So it was just like making fun of like, uh, increasing the rate at the at the end of the race. And I don't think anything of it, I post it and I get on a flight back to California and I get off the plane and it's got like 3000 likes and it's been shared like 800 times. And I'm like, what, what, what is happening? And then sure enough, it's been viewed, I think somewhere like 300,000 times. It's got like 15,000 likes on it. So I was like, I think I have something there. And so <laughs> I've just been making these memes just because I feel it's such a niche sport, but we all have yeah. these common like experiences through it. And, and I'm not trying to make memes that target specific people or target specific um, clubs slash universities or countries. Like I don't really want to do that because I feel like it's my face on it. You know, I, I'll leave that for like an anonymous meme page, but I feel like keeping general like shared experiences and just kind of meme them with, you know, tools through pop culture. So like I made one the other day where it's um, Vince Vaughn and uh, I'm drawing a blank on that actor as well, but uh, I made it about a pair and wrote a pair. And he's like, you're a problem. You're a real, real problem. And I, and like, I'm just looking at that. I'm like, I've seen this before, but like <laughs> in our sport, you know? So, yeah. so 
I have a really good time with it and, and um, I've heard positive things, you know, coming from people. And at the end of the day, if I can get one person to go, <laughs> then <laughs> that that's all I needed, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I'm sure there's a bunch of group chats out there for like, you know, JV boys winter group chat that people will send send the meme to and be like, yo, this is this is Brent or this is Jake or like, you know, whatever it is. So I try and keep them pretty general, but like having that understanding, like uh, if you know, you know. One of the varsity boys in Saratoga asked me if I knew you and I was like, yeah. And he was like, no way, really? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Well, now like, you can be like, yeah, yeah, by the way, had him on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell him so that he listens. Um, awesome. <laughs> yeah, so what do you think of U.S. rowing burner? Yeah, see, see, that's, that is the, the line that I won't cross is because he puts, like, names. Uh, I'm yeah, assuming it's, it's very he, pointed. Yeah, yeah. It could be a group of people, too. I, you know, that's, that's also a theory is, like, it's multiple people with access to the same account. I don't plan on on being that pointed, uh, you know, at any point, but, uh, they make some good stuff. I think, you know, pretty on the nose stuff. And, and I do like the, um, extremely pro America undertones and not even (laughs) undertones, just like overtly pro America. I think that's pretty awesome. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, that's, I, it's, it's very funny though. I have seen other rowing athletes making memes now and, and like, I'll be swiping through and I'll see like, I recognize that person and it's just a meme. And so I'm like, okay, all right. You I started see you. a trend. I see. I, uh, maybe, maybe. So I, I don't want to, th- unless, unless I'm wrong and there's another like high profile international rower who was like making just straight up memes, like nothing to do with like a hype video or something like that. Like just want to put that out there. Might have been the first <laughs> one too. That's awesome. I think it's fun to do fun stuff. Like it is, it is. Yeah. And, and, I, I think like it doesn't take too much like away from rowing. Like if I was like really putting like a lot of time into it and it was almost distracting, that'd be one thing, but it's pretty easy. I have cap cut and then I also have my laptop I can edit on. So if when I'm in Italy in between sessions and I'm in the hotel room and I hang out with Oliver Bub, we were like shooting <laughs> ideas back and forth, you know, and, and it is collaborative. Like people will send me something and be like, yo, this could be a good idea. Like I, try and credit them, you know, but I think it's good for the sport in terms of like, we all have that collective agreement. I think there's a, there's a page called Friday beers, which pretty over glorifies like alcohol consumption, but Mm -hmm. they just do it. So in a funny light way, I think we can, I was like, yeah, why can't I do this for rowing? You know, like just make people laugh about our sport, right? Like who, who's overrating in the, in, in the piece, you know, like I'm sure we've all had that issue. Right. Yeah. So if, if someone can laugh about it or send it to a teammate and be like, ha this is you. Like, I love it. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I agree. I agree. We have to make fun of rowing because people think that we're like, absolutely. Take ourselves absolutely. too seriously. I will, I will 100% do that. <laughs> I did just want to like ask about racing this summer and kind of yeah. your like looking ahead at this year you know, what, what your goals are, if you have your sights yeah. set on one boat class or another. I think so. So this, this summer I was more than happy with, with kind of the results. I think 
there was a lot of kind of ups and downs leading up to that. So in the spring, I didn't make the straight four. So I raced a pair at the second World Cup, which I thought was really, really great. Peter and I got fourth in that World Cup in a pretty good field. So like we raced the world champions, the second place boat, and then an Australian pair that folded into their eight that ended up taking a bronze at Worlds. And they were a quick eight. So like we were up against a pretty world-class competition at that World Cup and then ended up coming back and I was fortunate enough to kind of get another shot at four, made that. And then I wanted to give a shout out to Mike, Liam and Nick. That was an unbelievable training block that, you know, we just kind of were like, this is, this is what we are going to do. And hopefully it comes out that we have a good result, but like, we, we all kind of like sat around a t- like a table collectively and like, we're going to hate our lives over the next few weeks. <laughs> we're going to put ourselves so far in a hole. It's 97 degrees in Princeton. Like we're not going to want to do it, but you know what? We're going to do the work. Like Casey <laughs> uh, gave us the training program and he's like, here are your splits. And we're like, okay, we're, we're going to do it. And there was a lot of days that were pretty grim. Uh, especially going over to Italy in a heat wave. I felt like I just couldn't recover because my heart rate was always up. Um, But it ended up being worth it. And we came away second place, closest boat to the Brits, I think all season. I'm not sure about the World Cups, but certainly closed the gap between World Cup two and and world champs. So I think right now is I'm back to training. And for my personal goals, I would like to get to a 5.46.2 or... Also an, an under 1846K. So that's like for me personally. And then I think I see no issue in doing a run it back, if that makes sense. Like that would definitely be a goal of mine is continue to build momentum and see if we can't close that margin and, and make a silver or a gold at, at Paris. I think that would be a great culmination of, of that effort. But with that being said, I'm more than open to kind of anything. If we hop into an eight, and we're like setting the world on fire. Like, yeah, I want to be in that eight. Or, or if I row a pair with someone and, and we go like six twelve, which is an unbelievably fast time in a pair. I'm not saying <laughs> this is going to happen, but would be more than open to those um, avenues as well. I don't want to just like be siloed to one thing. Pretty, pretty open minded and, and excited to just attack training and see how far we can push it um, in the lead up to Paris because it's two hundred and eighty five days. Got my countdown countdown so um a lot can happen between now and then but i'm more more excited now going into this than i think i ever have been at the senior level and i can't wait to just attack (laughs) that's awesome yeah i feel like that's a really good like outlook to have and i feel like i also am just like you know control your controllables set intermediary goals and like have an open mind and make the boat that you're in go fast and then like doors will open and if you just say okay no my goal is to sit in this seat in this boat and finish in this place like I, I mean, we've all rode long enough. No season has gone the way that I no thought season, it was going to exactly. go. So, exactly. Like, yeah. yeah I'm I feel sure like you would love to just kind of have a, a, a path forward and you and Sophia could just be like, yeah, this is it. But that's not how our sport works. No, you know? like, no. If there's a knock on wood injuries or, or like, you know, you hop into a combination with someone else and it goes really fast or there's like a quad that yeah. you guys get out in and you're like, I don't know. Something's pretty good there. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. great to hear that you have kind of the similar, but yeah, you also I, are at the same 
point kind of like you have a good momentum block to kind of jump from. Right. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's something that we can all like, I mean, I agree with you. Like it was really frustrating after Tokyo, like obviously frustrating for all of us to not like achieve goals, you know, in terms of like meddling and stuff. But at the same time, like I worked really hard to achieve that. And it sort of felt like the way that people were writing articles or talking about it was like yeah. everything that you've done is wrong and like us rowing couldn't be more wrong. And right. like, and so sort of for me was like, okay, well I've been listening to all of these people who hypothetically like are the best coaches in this country and know all, you know? And so now it feels like, okay, the right people are in charge and we're doing, you know, like they're leading us down the right paths and we're doing the right things. And that's not saying like one person is all knowing or anything like, no, but they've no, of brought together a good group and like, you know, we can do what we're supposed to do and we can like train hard and work hard. And then, you know, hopefully the results will come. And that's just like such a more, optimistic place to be like as an athlete than a, okay, well I, I did everything you guys said to do and I hit the targets you said and and we we came in this place. Yeah. 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 And athlete Pete Reed, GB, like gold medalist, he kind of, I don't have the exact quote, but essentially he said that their system was the best at removing the barriers to the athletes to do what they need to do. If that makes mm. sense. And yeah. and so whether that's transportation or food or lodging or the more barriers that you can remove so that the athletes can show up at their best to do their best on those trainings, that cumulative like amount ends up on the starting line at the Olympics. Like that's, that's what the cumulative ends up. And I feel yeah. we're in a good spot where personally speaking, and I'm sure like you kind of said it as well, we're in a good spot where that is achievable. And the bar- a lot of the barriers are just kind of like, I don't have to think about it. And and that's what's, you know, exciting. So so that we can show up and do the control, control of the controllables and, and, you know, perform what's expected of us. Yeah, no, totally. Also like the, the press, like, come on, those guys. I know. Like the people who write like- that stuff are so far removed. And, and like, I feel... The sport has changed in in the distance has not, but the level of competition is, I think, underappreciated. Oh, yeah. So much so, like, you know, if you went 98% GMS pretty consistently in training, and I'd say, you know, the early 2000s, you were going to get a gold medal. A few boat classes, that could be an exception. Now, it seems like if you're not at 98% across all boat classes, both genders, like... Mm-hmm. You, you could be a fifth place crew. You could be a sixth place crew. It's really like that, that maybe the world records aren't falling every single like year, but show me one event across any Olympic sport that that's happening. Yeah. You have it's to be just training. the air at the top is getting that much like smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be training at gold medal standard. Like, yes. To be at the top level. Like you have to be consistently going that fast which right i think is awesome like i think it's really cool that we're existing in the sport like at in that in this time but right right in this because we're at this um exact blend of sports science right we know more about our sport 
now and have more measurable data points now than they've ever had. But also the population has exploded in the sport. You know, like I, at least unless this has changed in the past two or three years, rowing has been growing for the past 20 years in the United States. The amount of clubs, new members um, that U.S. rowing has seen come in. And I can only imagine this is the case in many other countries across the world. The, the amount of people that have access to the sport now is, is only like getting greater and greater. And then also you have this wave of sports science and like methodologies that back them up. Yeah, we're going to see a lot of really, really tight competition. I think like using VO2 max, lactate, you know, having the exact rigging specifications, using peach systems, like things of that nature just only like create like that tighter and tighter margin. Um, and, and I hope is exciting and, and translates to a positive viewership as well uh, in Paris. Get some kids excited about rowing. That'd be a great way to kind of like see, yeah. see the end of the summer. Yeah, no, totally. Well, I really appreciate you taking so much time. So thanks for listening and thank you so much to Justin for taking the time to speak with me and share his experiences and insights with all of you. He had so many great things to share and I hope that you all got a lot out of it. I know that I did. So before I leave you for this week, I just wanted to share my quote of the week. It's from Babe Ruth and every strike brings me closer to the next home run. seemed a little fitting for my performance from the head of the Charles. So yeah, thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. Have a great week and maybe we'll see you at the head of the fish. (laughs) Okay. Bye. I'd love to hear from you. So send us a topic suggestion, or if you'd like to submit a question for our Ask Christy Anything segment, head to our website, theother3years.com.